Welcome to Creepy Critters, a podcast where me and a guest discuss a cryptid in somewhat lurid detail. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today to talk about all the all the worm cryptids that I could think of, Moxie from Your Brain on Facts. Thanks so much for having me on. So, uh, before we get started, like, how much do you, how much have you known, thought, heard about cryptids? Well, I have intentionally not looked into this topic. Research is usually my, you know, that's my bag, baby. Uh, but I'm like, I want to be the one receiving the facts for a change. I have heard of the, uh, the Mongolian death worm, which, you know, it's definitely my next horror core band. It's going to be the Mongolian death worm, you know, made from members of Coelacanth Death Cult, which is uh, a band name that came to me while high watching MST3K. Like you do. Yeah. Uh, so I am rather virginal in this particular fact arena. Uh, well, um, I, uh, seek escape at everything I do, uh, because, uh, this world sucks. Uh, so of course I have a podcast that's been going to be running about a year and a half by the time this comes out about cryptid. So obviously I do a lot. But yeah, the Mongolian deathworm is one of those that that pops up, and some people say there's evidence of it, and a lot of people just say it's just a fat snake that people made up lies about. Um, but yeah, let's get into it a little bit because this one is—it's more believable than some cryptids. Well, the bar is lower when you're just trying to sound like a worm. You know, it's not trying to sound like a humanoid creature that flies or does some interesting things. Worm, that's the bar. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, well. so. <clears throat> so the Mongoli- Mongolian death worm, or this is Mongolian for something. The Olgoi, I already messed up. Olgoi Korkui, or intestine worm. Um, it's called the intestine worm due to its red-like color and size. And it's about the size of an intestine, um, which are really long. We have a bunch of we have a bunch of guts inside of us. Oh yeah! If you stretch them out, S- several go- meters. Yeah. So, I also want to know what type of intestine. Yeah, that was like, my first thought: small or large, or both. Or both? Well, no, no, not even that. Are is it a human intestine? Is it a cow intestine? Mm, yeah. You know, because like different links. I mean, well, maybe. I don't know this. I'm gonna I mean, set, look. look I'd, up say, how- I'd say horse. Maybe Mon- the horse is very important to Mongolia. Oh, if he also. Uh, speaking of, ooh, apparently I looked up spider horse recently. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spider gonna- horse. Spider horse. Uh. Okay. So length of horse intestines. Okay. Definitely not going to wind you up on a watch list. Uh, so apparently, fifteen to twenty-one meters, or for Americans, fifty to seventy feet. Yeah, you can always think of a meter as approximately a yard. Yeah, oh, it's a. I think it's a little bit over a yard. Yeah. Um, and so if it's so if it's a human intestine, it, the average is around twenty feet, or. Six meters for non-Americans. Uh, so if it's a horse intestine, it's way longer, even on the smallest horse. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it's been described by many, 
okay, this is already contra- contradictory. Uh, it's been described as many to, uh, to being from two to five feet long. Having the ability to spit out corrosive yellow saliva and the ability to generate electrical blasts. I the feel electrical- another Tremors movie coming on. The electrical blast is thought to be uh, folklore told by the nomads of the Gobi. And uh, Western cultures call this monster the Mongolian death worm because uh, we, we're we not good with other languages. Um, so so I feel like I feel like the ability to spit out like corrosive like saliva is a believable trait for an animal to have. You know, very many yeah, animals have I mean, the whole thing where they, you know, well, spiders, for one, they wrap their meals up in like, you know. Yeah, they, they do pre-digest them. Um, there's things like the bombardier beetle that shoot acid, though that's out of their butt. Um, and then there's the highly poisonous saliva of the Komodo dragon. So I guess to go to caustic is not that big of a leap. No, I mean it gets to a bigger leap later. Uh, but, <laughs> oh yeah, but the the ability to generate electrical blasts also not out of the realm of possibility. There's literally electrical Ill- ills. Um, uh, but yeah, they're not being really able to lightning benders though. No, no. Um, but I do like the idea of just like nomads, just like just uh, fucking with people, just being like. Yeah, I heard that that word could like shoot lightning. Be a good thing to tell the missionaries. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like whenever, uh, whenever I was in Boy Scouts, we used to told the the youngins that just graduated from like Cub Scouts or the Weebelows, the Weebelows, no, Cub Scouts, Cub Scouts, no Weebelows. I forgot the the thing. little Whatever. ones, the little ones, the little ones, the ones that tend to be like eight years old. We used to we used to uh, have them go snipe hunting. Oh yeah, classic. Uh, like, yeah, you know. Um, sometimes they would come back with a bird that they hit with a stick. It would be like, "I'm that was not right, kid. Uh, but I don't want to get into that story right now. Uh, so, the Mongolian nomads b- uh, believe that the uh, giant worm covers its prey with an acidic substance that turns everything a corroded yellow color. Legend says that the creatures begin to attack I'm oh, sorry. As the creatures begin to attack, it raises half of its body out of the sand, starts to inflate until it explodes, releasing a lethal poison all over the humans that are supposedly its main prey. So kind of a suicide bummer when you say explodes? You said you said you said it inflates and then explodes. Yeah, well, well th- that's... No, I skipped a sentence, by the way. No, okay. okay, wait. It explodes, releasing all of the... And this wouldn't be poison. It would be venom. It's lethal venom all over its unfortunate victims. They are so venomous that prey instantly dies. Like, do they... Re- so, here's where I don't understand what exactly this is supposed to mean. Because... I'm lost on the exploding part. I'm lost as well. Uh, main reason why is we have, I mean, some worms, if you cut them in certain places, like, they have enough non-essential organs on certain parts of them where they can, you know, be cut in half and they can, like, live for a while. Yeah, they can regenerate. And they can regenerate. 
but they don't explode most of the time. Like, oh, explosion and, is very violent. And neither do birds when they eat uh, rice. Just so everybody knows that, it's never actually happened. Which kind of bugged me out when I was little, when I when I heard of it. I hate birds <laughs> a lot. You and Tippi Hedren. First off, they're not real. They are surveillance drones by, by the world government uh, to watch all the humans. Uh, and second off, I don't like things that fly. It's unnatural, and uh, I don't. I don't care if birds do it. It's they're clearly of Satan. Yes, yes, clearly. I mean, with their beaks um, and their wee beady eyes. Yeah, although I do like it when they're fat and they can't fly, though. That's pretty good. <laughs> I like them when they're borbs. You know, Borb. you just yeah, they're pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's explosion. But like an explosion tends to because like cutting. You know, cutting and, like, stabbing and stuff. That's violent, but it's very localized. Explosion mm-hmm. is just, like, half your body exploding. I, like, maybe maybe because they're elect- electrical, they also have, like, a healing factor. Like, <laughs> or something. So, I don't know. Wormverine. It didn't Wormverine. work as well in my head. It didn't work as well out loud well, as it did in my head. Uh, it's not the worst. It's not the worst uh, that's been a pun on Wolverine's name. So, uh, so uh, livestock and humans are supposedly its main uh, prey. Uh, the Mongolian death worm travels underground. It can be spotted by the waves of sand that appears on the surface of the desert when it passes. Yeah, full on tremors. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the Mongolian death worm also hibernates for 10 months out of the year and only emerges during June and July. Oh, so when the temperature is And highest. even then, it prefers to raise out of the surface of the ground when it's wet and the rain is falling from the sky. Hmm. Well, that's so, consistent with worm behavior that I have observed thus far. Yeah. Um, so really, if you think about it, if you're in the Gobi Desert, like, very low chances of you running into a... Uh, Running into a death worm. I mean, I would have thought the same with the Graboids, but they still got three or four movies out of it. Oh, well, you know, those, they're, they're very, they're, they're very persistent. Aside from humans, Mongolian death worms also likes to prey on camels. It will leave eggs inside the animal's intestine, which will eventually turn the camel the same shade of red as the creature. A living camel? They're laying eggs in a living Camel? Probably not. Yeah, because I mean, how do you overcome that is a, a five foot even even at five feet? How would the worm overcome the camel? I, I don't know. I probably shouldn't try to apply too much logic to the situation. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I broke my brain multiple times <laughs> trying to, but we did talk about a uh, a red camel with a uh, with a skeleton strapped to its back. Uh, the Colorado Phantasma. Sounds pretty um, boss. Or the Red Camel. I Or the Red Ghost, I should say. But uh, Colorado Phantasma is pretty good. So maybe, maybe it had a Mongolian death worm and then it decided to go to Utah. I mean, that's what I do when I get infected with death worms. So, uh, the, the, death, the death worm's skin is an exoskeleton which it molts whenever it becomes injured. Does that also include when it explodes? Yeah. Maybe it only explodes part of itself. Maybe it, like, extrudes a portion of itself, like the venom sac, which then swells up with venom, and that bursts. And then later it'll regenerate another one. 
But it says it, it says it puts half of its body out. Maybe half okay. its body is a venom sack? Maybe half its body is venom sack. I mean, this if it is a worm, though now we're saying it has an exoskeleton, but it should still be a rather simplistic creature. It should be. Yeah. Well, but I mean, also, like, worms are also, well, at least earthworms are, they're simple, but they're also very complex if you think about it, because they're all hermaphroditic and can impregnate themselves and switch, like, uh, switch sexes really easily. Uh, so, you know, maybe it also has, like, half of a, uh, half of a, uh, venom sack. Like, it just, like, that's just, like, it's, like, it's, it's, like, backside. It just, like, kind of backs it up out of the sand. It's just, like, boom. I choose to believe it's 50% Venom Sack. Yeah, I'm gonna say that, because let's no-prize this and say it's 50% Venom Sack. And then it regenerates. So, because Mongolia uh, was under Soviet control until 1990, why didn't I know that? I think it's one of those things that sounds obvious when you hear it, but you'd never stopped and thought about it. You never stopped and thought about Mongolia being part of the USSR. I don't think of Mongolia as the USSR. Like, for whatever reason, I think of Eastern Bloc, Serbia, Ukraine, and just none of the more, uh, more like, Asianic countries. Yeah, probably because in our brains, we equate it with China. And China was never part of the USSR, though they were communists. So, or maybe it's just the legend of Genghis Khan. We assume no one conquered them. Well, and also they did have one of the largest empires at one point. Oh hmm. yeah, it it reached all the way to uh, to Eastern Europe. I um, did an episode on my show called Mixed Bags of History that I could have done entirely about uh, Genghis Khan, and while he was an absolutely ruthless. Um, conqueror life under his rule was pretty good to the point where some tribes actually sought out his rule to get out from the oppressive people that they were dealing with because you uh, women were respected craftspeople were respected uh freedom of religion was enforced not just you know allowed as like no you are not going to hamper anybody else's way of life it was a pretty good deal if you survived yeah it's uh you know, bright side of having a roaming horde of master bowmen on the back of horses that can, like, shoot three arrows in, like, a second. Yeah. Yeah. So get, uh, if, if you just, you know, surrender when you see the golden horde coming and everything will be a-okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so very little was known about the death worm in the West uh, because of the Soviet control since the 1990s. Um, or 1990, I should say. Um, in the recent years, investigators have been able to look for evidence of the creature's existence. Uh, now we're going to talk about people I talked about before. So, um, so Ivan uh, Mackerel, Mackerel, Mac- Mac- yeah, uh, one of the leading Loch Ness monster de- de- detectives, studied the region and interviewed many Mongolian people about the worm. Due to the sheer volume of sightings and strange deaths, he came to the conclusion that it was more than just a legend. Of course. I know if I was Mongolian, I would just lie. 
I would sell I would the just hell capitu- out of that story. I would capitulate to everything because you know he asked only leading questions. Absolutely, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, no, uh, yeah, I've definitely seen it do that. Oh yeah, no, my neighbor, my neighbor had that happen." <laughs> yeah, I would do the same thing I do online when some super conservative person accuses me of something. I just say yes to everything they say, and then they shut up. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> Yeah, no, it really helps. Like, yeah. you know, if someone's calling you a monster, just say that you're a monster, and then they they expect a fight, and they don't know what to do with it, because then all of a sudden they're right. But sorry. Uh, so in a 2005 uh, in 2005 expedition from the Center uh, for Fortean Zoology, which I did not look that up the way I should have. Let's see what else they've done in just a few moments. Uh, they crossed a thousand miles of the Gobi on uh, on the track of the death worm. They concluded that it was probably a large unknown type of worm lizard. And the powers attributed to it was apocryphal. Worm lizard wouldn't account for the exoskeleton, though. No. I should. No. I really, again, should stop trying to make this makes sense no no no, no. it doesn't ex- because first off worms don't have exoskeletons and neither do lizards neither do lizards well i think they were just because uh, like also the if you look lizards up worm li- do shed their skin so maybe it's not an exoskeleton maybe it's just a regular reptile kind of molting maybe oh we've cracked it we've proven the existence of the mongolian death worm and we're only 20 minutes in Yay! So, uh, fun fact, the uh, Center for... Center of... For, I already forgot how to say the name. For, Fortuian? Fortean. For, uh, zoology. Has a real, like, just, like, early 2000s, like, pre-Web 2.0 um, website. And they are a cryptozoology uh, organization. Is it going to be like the Space Jam page? It's not, no, it's not that. It's just, it's very, like, Web 1.0. You know know about how the original Space Jam website, the original, from, like, the year they put it up, is still there in the same... It was never updated. Have you never seen that? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay, why Apparently the last time they updated it... Apparently, last time they updated it was like 2016. Okay, they're cryptozoologists. Why is their logo a Tasmanian tiger? That's a, a very real thing, or it was before. You know, Whoa. we killed them all. The very last one died when someone forgot to put it back in its enclosure so it could get shelter for the night from the cold, and it died. Like, thanks a lot, zookeeper guy. Well, um, I mean, gorillas and uh. Giraffes were considered cryptos, uh, cryptozoological creatures. Okay, Fortean For uh, is relating to or denoting paranormal phenomenon. That's what the word Fortean means. Okay. Well, well, there's some books. Ooh, yeah, and Ooh like, let's look at the books. They've got they've got chapters all around the world, apparently. Ah, uh, well, I tried to look at their link for their books, and it went to a dead link yeah I maybe this is just dead maybe this is dead and someone's uh credit card is being uh charged every year 
I wonder, oh, I wonder if that person's dead. Like all their bills are auto paid. <laughs> yeah. They still get they still get their pension, so no one's noticed. Yeah. Wait, wait. Their Twitter account is open. Uh, oh. is, is still happening. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So the last time they did something, uh, it was five hours ago. What? Yeah. Ooh, there's a lot. Ooh, they were busy today. <laughs> They were busy. They have like five tweets. They are, they're better at marketing than I am. Hmm. Well, that's something I'm going to be looking at some at some time later. Okay, so what do you think about the death worm? I mean, the Mongolian death worm so far. I think if we tweak the description in places, it's feasible. I, I don't know okay. that I don't know that it's going to actually give anyone an electric shock, but I will buy spraying of uh, caustic, irritating, or venomous substances, even like, you know, squeezing out part of their body, squeezing out the venom sac and having that burst. That definitely sounds like a thing that could happen. Yeah, man, I could, I could see that because like, it's not the strangest attack that would happen. No, our our provable world is weird. I mean, we have we have lizards that shoot blood out of their eyes. Yeah. So and that's if, you're, if you're willing to buy that, really nothing should be beyond the pale. Yeah. So let's get to the second death worm, the logger, logger, flirt, flot, flot. How do you do F L G? I mean J. Logger. Well, the J, the J will be a Y. Okay. Logger, flot, lot, flot. I can't do it. Send me the word. Like. And I will do. I and I will do, do a convincing pronunciation. I uh, can't Lager do flat. words. Lagerflat. Okay. Lagerflat. You got to get a, just a little lilt of a of a y in it. Now that is me pulling that entirely out of my ass. But if you just kind of bounce up and down on the melody, like the Swedish Chef, you'll sound like you've really got it. Lagerflat. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> But or the Iceland worm monster. So, listeners in Iceland, you can at him at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish! I wish I had listeners in Iceland. It's a it's a place where fairies live. I want to talk true. about them with fairies and frost giants. Yes. So, uh, the worm monster or Iceland worm monster is a giant worm-like creature that lives on the Icelandic lake of Lagerflot. Uh, it is described as. Being longer than a football field, <laughs> 200 feet long. Is that, is that an American football field? Well, <laughs> or... two, well, an American football field would be 300 feet. Yeah, so I guess it would be a, a soccer, or what we would call soccer. Or, But apparently our women's team is like the best in the world right now, so uh, I mean, yes. I don't know. <laughs> so. Multiple and, times. And, and they make less than a quarter of what the men make, and the men haven't won shit in 80 years. Yeah, well, um, uh, I think it has something to do with, like, brain size and ability or something. The brain know. size and ability of the people who decide what to pay them? It's 200 feet long. Sometimes it's even reported as being as long as the lake itself. How long is the lake? <laughs> I ask to myself right now. Uh, apparently it's 15 miles long. That's I'm sorry, did you say the worm long. is as long as the lake? 
the lo- the worm would be the size of the lake. That makes no sense because if it lives in the lake, then it would have to be able to live in the lake. Maybe it's really, really skinny. So it's fifteen miles long, but it's only as big around as a crayon. But then, but you'd run into the uh, the snake problem. Like it would run into itself all the time, and then <laughs> it would die. Of course. That's what the classic video game is based on. An Icelandic yeah. man who witnessed this worm in the lake and was like, how does it not run into itself? I- I'm going to say it's 200 feet long. We'll go that with that. makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, this worm has many humps as it swims through the murky water, often looking quite serpentine. You know what? This is, this is slowly becoming more and more just the origin of snake. Uh... <laughs> It's also been reported coiled up or slithering up trees. Oh, good. That's never the- terrifying. <laughs> oh, there's, there's. Have you ever seen those like really big earthworms that live in like South America? I've seen one that looks exactly like a penis, or that might actually be a form of snake. I forget which, but it's a dead. It's a dead ringer. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like a, a lot of things. A lot of things are either are either phallic or yonic. Um, it's no. This, you know, as this humans, thing appara- has a gl- this thing has a glands. <laughs> it is, I because I, I'm as juvenile as anybody else, but I do run things through a second time. But no, I'm like, mm, that's a penis. Huh? Well, uh, maybe I need to see this snake because I was just like, of course, snakes are phallic, but you know, uh, so it swims. So wait. Uh, Sorry, uh, I lost my phone. Okay, it lives in the murky waters of a log of flu. flu- I already forgot. Okay, the lake. Uh, in in Anstadter, uh, Iceland. Um, it just swims in that lake. It's just like yo, I'm a I'm a I'm a worm in this this lake. Uh, it was first reported. Uh, it was first reported being seen in night. In sorry, thirteen forty-five. Why do I not believe that? Am I wrong? Am I am I wrong for not believing something in thirteen forty-five is being inaccurately reported? So you don't you don't think the first time they saw it was in in the thirteen hundreds, or you assume it's made up because it was the thirteen hundreds? Because, like, that was the time of, like, the sagas and where we put, like, dragons on our map and say, sea, mo- sea monsters happen over there. And and illustrated our manuscripts with fighting snails and rabbits wearing armor. And, yeah, I mean, it is kind of a suspect time in terms of history. Okay. Well, um, I, I'm, whatever. Uh, its most recent sighting was 2012. Um, which well, see, there either you go. That's- means... Which either means that these are extremely long-lived, 700-plus years. That is definitely a penis. Yes, there was- uh, What the it, hell? It, it wasn't that I couldn't remember <laughs> if there was a worm or a snake. There's a worm and a snake that both look exactly like a penis. The worm is the appropriately named, for those who know Latin, Priapolid, P-R-I-A-P-U-L-I-D, for those who want to Google, and- the snake, which is actually an amphibian, uh, see, type of, uh, give me some, 
Oh, just just Google penis snake. You'll find it. It'll pop right up. It's for, it's out of Brazil. It's apparently yeah. a form of legless lizard. It has poor eyesight, which uh, will be obvious when you see it. Well, it only has one eye. Yeah. Thank you, Ted. That was okay. the joke. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah. So apparently, it can live seven hundred plus years, or there's a small population living in the lake. I feel like both of those are not good explanations. It's kind of like how like Nessie can live so long. Like either there's like a bunch of them, you know, just yeah. There's a whole making more of whole them, community or... of these things living in caves that connect different lakes together, and yeah, yeah. I I like to think that it's one. It's just one worm, and it just lives for a long time, though. Oh, that'd That's be that'd cool. be sad, though. Poor, poor worm all by itself. I mean, itself. it's sad, but... I mean, it's sad, but, you know, it's a worm. We'll have to write a children's I, book I about know. it, about the poor, lonely, 200-foot-long worm. Well, speaking of children's book, there's a there's a book called Icelandic Fair, uh, Folk and Fairy Tales. What a perfect that segue. That folklorist uh, uh, May and Hal, uh, Halbert... Uh, which Holmanson. which a folklorist she's not going to hear it so yeah so uh, da, 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 da. so apparently this is this is the quote from the book one <clears throat> sorry I'm going to put my storyteller voice one time long long ago there was a woman living on a farm on logger flock fluke this district, close to the stream, where it broadened into a lake, she had a grown daughter. Once she gave her daughter a gold ring, the woman instructed her to catch the snake and keep the gold ring underneath it in her linen chest. She did so. But when the girl went to look for a ring again, the snake grew so long that the chest was beginning to come apart. Then the girl frightened. Was fr- sorry. Then the girl was frightened. And she picked up the chest with everything in it and threw it in a lake. For a long, a long time has passed, and general, uh, gradually people began aware, became aware that there is a snake in the lake. Uh, for it was beginning to kill both animals and people crossing the waters. The end. What a beautiful story. I know. I would like to know what was why did there have to be a a snake covering up a gold ring well i mean where else are you going to put the gold ring i mean you could put it in the chest maybe put like a false bottom over it yeah but how so many people so like can you think of a safer place to keep your valuables than under a giant lake worm i mean nobody's going to look for them there that's like that's like you know uh, hiding your stuff in a diaper, uh, in your beach bag because nobody's gonna look for your wallet inside a diaper. Uh, Little yeah. life hack. I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. It'd probably be weird for me since I don't have a child. Well, the at person all, but, the person rummaging know. through your stuff while you're in the water doesn't know that. No, I'm pretty sure everyone who steals from me knows <laughs> me. They think they've been casing <laughs> you for years. Just like he's very broke. He also appears to spend too much money on his cat. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so, so that is the Iceland, the Iceland worm monster. Um, apparently it's just a really long worm that swims. Sometimes slither up trees. Yeah, I don't like that visual. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it don't, either because there, there's a kind of snake that jumps from tree to tree in real life, and it's like flying snakes are where I check out. <laughs> Oh, I should have you on the episode where I uh, talk about flying toads and snakes. Yeah, no. No. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Unless yeah, we want to talk so. about the, the various times it has demonstrably, documentedly rained frogs. Like the Bible, but within the last uh, 200 years. And rains of fishes and other interesting things. Yeah, yeah, water spouts are, uh, are That's what great. everybody thinks, just, yeah, thinks happens. I, I thought that's what I think has happened. I may be wrong, but, you know, it's whatever. It's the most plausible explanation for a while of a sudden, your village is inundated with frogs. Yeah. So, now, we're going to be talking about a worm that made me interested in deadly worms now. Uh, and it's going to be the Alaska bullworm. The Alaska bullworm. Yes. So, the Alaskan bullworm is a huge, light pink beast with enormous uh, size that uh, that seems to dwarf uh, most creatures next to it. The exact size seems to be inconsistent. It was huge enough that the mouth could be mistaken for a cave. Wow. That the worm's tongue was mistaken for the worm itself. And that it's grown three to four times its previous size in uh, some accounts from each other. So it's kind of like that bit in um, Star Wars where they think they're hiding the Millennium Falcon in a cave, but it turns out it's a giant like worm creature crossed with um, – it's not an anglerfish, but there are some types of fish that use their, their tongue as lures. Yeah. So the Alaskan bullworm also possesses a pair of eyes, which have surprising good vision. To perceive the surrounding uh, the surroundings on the surface, which it in which it closes during travel underground, um, they are wild, ferocious, man-eating, dangerous, and carnivorous creatures that are always on the hunt for food. And until it's until it's full, where it would rest and soon be hungry again, they are indiscriminate eaters. Their diets are limited. Uh, are, includes but not limited to fishes, lampposts, concrete walls, <laughs> cars, and other inanimate objects. It is indiscriminate. Yes, very indiscriminate. Uh, while traveling underground, it switches from the from sight to its accurate sense of hearing and maybe seismic, uh, uh, seismic uh, vibrations for sensing prey on the surface. The worm's saliva. Uh, is applied to be uh, an aesthetic. Sorry, not an anesthetic. Uh, am I saying that right? Well, yeah, I mean... Anesthetic? It, it could be. Okay, I need yeah. to hear the rest of the it, sentence for context. <laughs> oh, substance. Substance. In some uh, reports, due to biting off limbs extremity without the prey's noticing until looking at the affected area. Good God, my leg's gone. So, this is... So, uh... This is actually a uh, from SpongeBob, <laughs> the Alaskan bullworm. <laughs> I remember being a very young child and being like, "Worms, those are weird." And 
I happened to have a cryptozoology book and learned about the Mongolian death worm from it. But it's pretty much sounds like a cryptid. It fit right in with the other two. Yeah, exactly. I was because I was just I decided to look it up, see if it was actually based off anything. It was based off of like uh, Mongolian death worms. Um, not like not entirely, of course, because it's a cartoon set under the sea. Uh, but but yeah, <clears throat> but it's basically just a worm. It looks like a worm, and then it bites people. That's what it what does. Are, what are its teeth like? I think uh, it. Uh, they look like human teeth. Oh it's no! Very yeah, don't. <laughs> Adding human teeth to <laughs> things off? always makes them worse. Oh, they bite off. Uh, they, at one point in the episode, they bite off someone's butt, <laughs> and they didn't know until they looked at it. And they bite off someone's leg. Uh, t- have you? How much SpongeBob have you watched? Literally none. I was already literally. Yeah, none? I was. I was not young enough to watch it with the kids, and I, I guess not in the right frame of mind to watch it with the grownups. Yeah. Uh. Well, there's there's a there's a uh person on on this show that is like a blue fish that always ends up breaking his leg or getting his leg taken away. Uh, I forget what his name is, but he always yells, "My leg!" And I think this might have been one of the first episodes he showed up in. I do love a running gag, but, but yeah, yeah, it's SpongeBob is like really good, actually, and it has like it going because uh, like I was watching it into high school because like I lived in the country and uh, Nickelodeon was on, yeah. uh, but um. But it has like a lot of like really smart jokes that don't seem to just talk down to children, and also like weirdly adult jokes as well that also you have to pay attention to see. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's um, I mean, it didn't become their number one property and run for twenty years for nothing. I, it's still running. I I, think. I'm pretty sure right? they. I'm pretty sure it's only syndicated now. Oh, and and I know it was running for a really long the guy, time. you know, and I think his name is uh, his last name is Kenny. I know that the guy who did the voice, Tom. Yeah, Kenny? he can pretty much just burn money for the rest of his life. Even the worst, even he the can. worst royalties deal would still be amazing. And I hate the fact yeah. that Clancy Brown is Mr. Krabs because he's just one of my favorites and now that's what everybody knows him for i'm like nope god damn it he's the kurgan you put respect on his name but but yeah um but yeah those are the uh, death worms um which one was your favorite oh i mean this is like asking this is sophie's choice this is like asking me to pick my favorite child i mean we have the um tremors style worms from the kingdom of the golden horde we have the uh gigantic uh video game inspiring worm from the land of frost giants and black metal and then we have an ass munching worm from bikini bottom they're all winners yeah, no. they're all winners in my heart i i like i think i like the mongolian death worm the most cuz it cuz it can just shoot lightning and that's pretty fun yeah i mean all we need now is a, an airbender a <laughs> They're all. It's already an earthbender and a waterbender, and we'll be in business. Yeah, yeah. So, um, let's get to my second favorite part of the show. Can they get it? 
Can any of these cryptids? Well, let's go by one by one. Do you think they can get it? Well, I have kind of the same answer for for all of them. While I'm sure there is (laughs) somebody who would be more than excited to uh, to have sex with them, I think their calling would be as models for marital aids. I think that uh, I did I did do a Google image search on the Mongolian deathworm. There, it has lots of ridges. And which I think would lend itself very well to a dildo. Yeah. Well, well, they see the thing is a cylinder. A, a cylinder is like pretty much the the main shape for both male and female sex toys. Yeah, yeah. Or I was I, excluding the guys. You could definitely do a Mongolian deathworm fleshlight. I'll start the Kickstarter. You could. So, yeah, you know, it's it's there. Like I. As I said before, they're, they they would be, you know, it'd be a, a fun story, at least. Or like a or like a guilty like side piece or something. There, but I feel like all of these There are so many sci-fi based and horror based uh dildos and, and masturbatory aids on the market already. There are ones based on dragon penises. There are alien ovipositors, meaning it lays eggs in you, if that's your thing. This worm, like, wouldn't even make the front page of the website that sells those. I, I that's one thing I don't understand well, I mean, I guess I understand a little bit. But the ovipositors thing? Like it just pops up every once in a while and like just like I guess like vanilla people are just like, this is wacky. Uh, but like, I don't understand. Someone's it. whole life changed when that hit the market. Someone's they, it did, and you know what? I'm glad for them. I'm glad for them. It's just I'm glad because it means they're going to be staying inside seems, more. Yeah. Well, well, the thing is though is like it seems like there's so much prep work for it. Because like, because like it's like a a body safe like a gelatin. That's supposed to like dissolve in you. Everything is what the I eggs never actually are re- to I be. never actually read the description. I did, I'd assumed the egg was just a lump of silicone, or if they were pay- you know putting effort into it, a bullet vibrator. No, no, it's actually like a it, like it's supposed to be like an alien. Okay, egg well that just if 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 I've got to keep thing. it in the fridge and go and get it beforehand, that just smacks of effort. It's- so no, like I mean. I feel like most of the time when you're using some sort of sex story or something, it's supposed to be like, you know, just like on the fly, you're good. And then you, that's you know, why you, you keep them next know, to the bed. Yeah. You do the minimal. Yeah. You do the cleanup you need to. It probably takes like, you know, not that long and then you're good. But like, I don't understand. But yeah, but these things, all of these things would make. You know, for it could, the ovipositor could be it only for special be. occasions, for like your birthday or when you're having friends over, housewarming party, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you take you take out the uh, you take out the the semi uh, the semi translucent uh, gelatin eggs, and just like, hey, I need these up in me. Welcome to the neighborhood. Here's a casserole and an alien ovipositor. Let us know if you need anything. So, so yeah, I do think that, uh, yeah, I think the answer is, like, a yes for all of these. Because, like, you know, at least at least they could be the mold for something. 
which is better than most of because I say no to most of these things. So, well, you're a smart man. That's good, I guess. Yeah. I did say yes to a, a, a presently heinous one, a really, really heinous one, but I'm not going to get into that one. Well, that just encourages listeners to go through your back catalog. Now you know you want to find which episode he's talking about. Yes, um, I'll give you a hint. It was very recent. Um, so, so uh, let's get to my actual favorite part of the show. Make a, uh, make it sexy slash make it YA slash just make a story. Uh, this is a part of the episode where we try to make a story that would make these creatures, ju- uh, like, just hip with the day's youth. So, or we just make a story. Uh, so what, what, what do you, like, what do you think you would do to, you know, Make these into like popular, I got popular uh, creatures that people want to write. I got this already. Have you seen the Mongolian folk metal band on YouTube? Now, granted, there's lots of them, but there's one band who I'd have, I'll have to look up. They made two videos. Their production values are amazing. And the the first song that came out super earwormy, appropriately enough, super catchy. Let me find the the name. Um, so, and it went viral, millions of views, and they're already in Mongolia, so it's a natural pairing. So we get the worm in their next music video, and all of a sudden, the worm is a superstar. Then we can hook him up with K-pop groups, with all the uh, boy bands, and give him an Instagram account. He'll be super famous, you know, until oh. he develops a, a drug problem and runs over somebody with his car. But until then, it'll be awesome. So, like, uh, Courtney Cox from the Bruce Springsteen video, but with... Yeah, I mean, that was, that was Courtney, for Dancing in the Dark? Yeah, that, yes, that was yeah. Courtney Cox. Okay, the band is called The Who, H-U. The first video is U-V-U-V-U, uh, which is U-V-Y-U-V-E. Just, you know, search Mongolian metal, it'll pop right up. The second video is Wolf Totem, which is also good, it's just not as good. As, as UV, UV, U. especially if you turn the captions on and see what the lyrics actually are, which is all about uh, losing their sense of cultural identity, which is a cool thing to do in the style of music from the other side of the planet. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's how I would make at least the Mongolian death worm super popular and topical because they've got 19 million views on their first on their first uh, video. Yeah, yeah, I think I think. That would be one that would be one way to do it. I think another. I think another would be like a uh like a stand by me thing. Except instead of them being uh kids wanting to uh to look at a dead body, they're they're worms that want to crawl in a dead body. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, all, all of those guys so. um went on to have you know, to have um, continuous careers, with the exception of River Phoenix, who snuffed it, because um, it was uh, at least one of the Corys, Will Wheaton, whoever the hell else was it, Kiefer Sutherland, because he was the bully in that. So, yeah, that sounds like a clear path to success. The I And also, another thing, how did Will Wheaton peak at such a young age? 
Everybody on everybody hated his character on Next Generation except me. Apparently, I loved Wesley. I, I well, he wasn't the worst. Of course, I was. I was. But 10, like, so. I remember. Well, I did. I did a rewatch of like I did like seven hundred like episodes. Like just I was. I was at a desk job that I could watch you uh, watch YouTube and Netflix during this nice. summer, and like there was no busy. So basically, I decided I was going to watch everything but the original series for Star Trek. And so, like, I got past the point where like uh, Wesley was on the show a lot, and like he came back. I think it was like season four or five or something like that. I was just like, "Hey, he's not too bad in this episode." But uh, but then, like, about 20 minutes into the episode, he pulled out that dumb game thing that everyone got addicted to. That was a to. pretty good episode. Like, the weird was, VR game thing. That wasn't his fault. Thing. That was wasn't good, his yeah. fault. No. Okay. No. It, no. That that part wasn't his fault. Him existing <laughs> was his fault. Though. Also, I just don't like Will Wheaton. He has a smug face, and he sounds like he's talking down to everyone when he speaks. Um, I have a... <sighs> I don't like I don't like Will Wheaton. I don't like uh, William Shatner. They're two people I just can't stand to even like view. So, so that I was going to ask why you didn't watch the original series, but I think we just answered the question. It's, yep, that's why I didn't watch it. I just can't stand. I uh, cannot stand like William Shatner. I don't know why. Ever since I was little, just could not stand. Probably him. has to do with the fact just. That he's William Shatner. It's just William Shatnering it up all over Maybe. the place. Uh, are you familiar with Esperanto? Yes, vaguely. Okay, Esperanto uh, is a conlang, a construction, constructed language. It was an attempt to make a single worldwide language that we could all speak. It sounds like a blend of Italian and, and um, modern Chinese. Never really caught on. But uh, William Shatner did a film in Esperanto. And, you know, maybe he'll be more palatable oh. to you there if you don't have any idea what he's saying. You don't know which part he's overacting. Oh, uh, one of my one of my friends uh, before he met, well, when he was in college, his later wife, but his girlfriend uh, managed to still want to be around while he was uh, while he was determined to be become fluent in Esperanto. <laughs> uh, she, like, stomped it out of him, like, real quick. But I don't know. She's basically, she's an angel. She's an angel and perfect in every way, apparently, because... Uh, I know the dude. He gets real obsessive. <laughs> so... So yeah, but that's like the only real, uh, only real thing I know about Esperanto is that some a perfect angel of a woman was just like, "You're not doing this." Why couldn't he learn uh, Klingon so. like a normal person? I know. At least you could sound like you're angry, and people think you're speaking that German. That was the very thing I was going to say. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, we're pretty much done here. I guess. So, so yeah, uh, is there any last words before we get to plugs? No, let's plug away. Okay, so, let's, uh, so, you first. 
Well, if uh, the sound of my voice didn't irritate your listeners too badly or all of these bonus facts, they can find me at yourbrainonfacts.com or searching Your Brain on Facts on all the popular podcast players, including Pandora. You can also check out Science with Savannah, age seven, a podcast and YouTube channel that I do with my niece. Okay, I have a quick mm-hmm. question. People are only seven years old for about a year. We rebrand, and we also started it before she even turned seven. I thought about this, man. We just okay. dropped we just dropped the well, age seven, just, but it's a really good hook because it's like, oh, let's listen to the I, smart little kid who has her own show. I mean, yes, it's just like I, I mean, you. It's just like whenever you put like an age or like a year to something, like you run into the uh, uh, the Black Eyed Peas issue where they where they famously said, uh. We're two thousand and eight, and you're two thousand and late, and the sh- and the and it became p- a popular one uh, a single in two thousand nine. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? Uh, no, I, no, I already <laughs> thought about it, and, and shortly after she turns eight, assuming it makes it that long, because um, trying to keep a seven year old with ADD on task when you have ADD. Kind of tricky. Also, very busy schedule, that little child. So I have trouble getting her over here to uh, to record. So if it makes it more than a year, I will burn that bridge when I come to it. Okay. Well, uh, well, my name is Jesse. I have two other podcasts. I have Alphabet Flight, where I talk about Marvel characters uh, three times a week. Uh, and I also have Limited Theories, which at some point in the near future i'm gonna say uh, probably in like two months by the time this comes out uh moxie will be on a supplementary episode talking about the uh talking about a movie related to our rocket raccoon series a movie that is worth hunting down an absolutely adorable little hidden gem yes so uh this has been creepy critters and uh if if you ever see something like kind of just back itself up out of the ground and you start seeing it inflate, run away. You're about to die. Bye. Bye.